0: Welcome to More To Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded, uh, blessed, blessedly so, at the <laughs> PW offices in New York City. Ah, uh, say it again. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, co-editor of PW Comics World, and editor of The Fanatic. PW's twice a month comics and pop, cult- c- pop culture newsletter. <laughs> Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics
1: and i'm heidi mcdonald i am the editor-in-chief of the beat at comicsbeat.com the new site of comics culture uh and you can find us on twitter at, at pw
2: comics world and i'm katie simmons i'm the podcast producer and you can find us on tumblr
0: at pw don't forget you can subscribe to more to come on the apple podcast app on google Podcasts, and on stitcher and mm-hmm. on social media we're at facebook.com slash P.W. Comics World.
1: And don't forget, you can leave us a rating or a comment on the podcast platform of your choice. And we'd love to hear it because we love to hear from our listeners. Um, you know, reach out anytime and let us know how you're we're doing.
2: And that goes also for potential uh, podcast guests. If you think you have an amazing, amazing perspective on comics and knowledge that we need to know and share with our listeners, well... Well, listen,
0: let us know. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yes. Anyway, this week on More to Come, <laughs> IDW Picks PRH, Dawn of the Indirect Market, New Hires in this business, New York Comic Con is back, uh, Archie on Webtoon, and the New 52 Revisited. So, uh IDW, we've got Alphabet Soup going here, right. IDW Picks PRH, and for people who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about... Penguin Random House Publisher Services, uh, really probably the, one of the top distributors of books and other material in the book, in the book trade.
1: I think they are the largest, aren't they? I'm you, pretty sure they're the largest. Yeah, I don't and, know. Um, who, yeah. Well, but I mean, we, yeah. the, but basically, I mean, we've been talking about this since April when it was announced yeah. that, um, DC, or excuse me, Marvel, I'm just gotta get my exclusives correct, uh, Marvel was going to go, uh, with, Uh, PRH for their periodical uh, distribution to comic shops. And we've reported several times since then that this was an ongoing and growing initiative. And we also reported that IDW no longer had a contract with Diamond. So we've kind of been waiting for this shoe to drop for quite a while. And so it wasn't really a big surprise, but bam, there it is. (laughs)
0: There it is. Um, And, of course, IDW will continue to be a wholesaler account. Uh so retailers can or Diamond
1: uh, excuse, will. Diamond excuse will me, I'm diamond.
0: sorry. Diamond will be, will remain a wholesaler account, uh, just as it is doing with Marvel. Sorry. Um uh and we see the continued shakeup of the direct market business model uh or at this point vendors to the direct market. Um I, I, I mean I it's not going out on the limb, I think, to project that we will see some I think some more uh, uh turnover from Diamond uh, to PRH. Uh I and and I think the and where to look would be really among um the large independent publishers that uh, PRH serves already for the book trade.
1: Like who are those publishers, Calvin? I, uh, I think we were talking about that before we went uh, on. There's a fair
0: number of very significant uh independent uh, publishers. Uh and, and I will start off the list with Dark Horse. Yes. Uh, in addition, uh Kodansha Comics. Uh, that's a manga there. Um, Titan Books, which has a wide Titan variety. Titan has of, a
1: huge publishing program. Yes, they yes. Are a
0: huge public. Archie.
1: Oh, right. We always forget about uh, Archie.
0: Which, of course, um, has a you know a long running and varied publishing program of all kinds formats. Um, I don't even know all of them now. Uh, Square Enix. Seven C's. I mean, they have quite a few manga people. I mentioned Kodansha already. Nobrow, Brow, mm-hmm. which has that's a right. growing list. Now, they're a small publisher, but they're a significant publisher.
1: So, but these are, like, uh, these are primarily, like, Nobrow doesn't publish periodicals, comics periodicals. No, that's so true. they yeah, are distributed yeah. to the book it's trade book. by uh, PRH, but also yes. to comic shops via Dime. Yes. No, uh... Are, are they through Diamond? No,
0: that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Um uh, I, mean, I, I assume I they, that they probably are. I'm sure Diamond are. carries them. I don't think it's yes. exclusive. But, so, um So,
0: um, and you could say the same thing for, there, you know, for, uh, a house like Candlewick.
1: Well, as we've talked about many times, many comics retailers already order their graphic novels through PRH or, or, um, through, yeah. Book distributors because Mm -hmm. they uh, offer free shipping and they're just more economical. Uh, And not only that, they offer returns. Yes, and Mm -hmm. they offer returns. So why would Earth would you want to stick with Diamond?
0: And uh, I mean, part of this discussion obviously turns around what kind of service is PRH offering retailers? Is it commensurate with what Diamond can deliver? um, You know, across the board, from you know discounts to um, uh, sales reps, uh, and all of this is being worked out as we speak. Well,
1: you know, the, the, the clock's ticking. I mean, this takes mm. effect in on yes, October. In October. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but believe me, when we are at New York Comic Con, which we, I, I don't know about you guys, but with each passing week, my fear of catching COVID lessens and my excitement of going to New York Comic Con <laughs> grows. So, I mean, I do think we're going to be spending quite a bit of time there and there's going to be a lot of talk. And, uh, the, the switch over to Penguin Random House is going to be one of the topics oh. of talk, which we'll get to in our next segment that there might be some bumps along the road, uh, thus far as they transition. So, um, you know, but it's, it's a huge, it's yeah. a, it's a huge, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's happening really right now. What do you, I, I mean, have you heard anything, coming? You know, you I hearing? have
0: not, uh, and i really, you know, and look, and part of it is my pandemic, you know, frame of mind. I, I haven't really reached out. Uh, I mean, one of the things actually I want to try and do, because uh, I haven't even been out to see, uh, the new old St. Mark's, uh, in its new oh, right. location. Well,
1: it's a little hard to get to.
0: It's a little hard to get to, but it's really, uh, has a really fun way to get there. And mm-hmm. you can take the, you can take NYC Ferry. Yes, that's right. Which is what I really want to do, because I live on the Lower East Side. It's
1: a, it's a little bit of a walk from the ferry, but so, it's, you but, can do it. Yeah, you know, you get it on shoes. a beautiful
0: day and, you know, and what, what could be better? So, uh, I mean, I, I just want to go out and, and, and talk with Mitch. But I do think that I will start hitting up some of my retailer friends, just asking them what they think. So, so,
1: um, you know, our next segment is actually talking specifically about retailing, but, uh, so before we get to that, let's talk a little bit more about some other things at IDW, because, because there's just, yeah. t- just tremendous roiling.
0: There's a lot. Bubbling
1: change going on just pretty much everywhere, uh, in the comics industry, the book industry, everywhere. Um, so a couple of other things happened here. Uh, in that, uh, so they've been hiring, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people coming and going there, which is at every company, you know, I'll get the names of that, but they also seem to have lost their Disney license. Um, Mm. and, uh, the report on this is that, uh, Disney slash Marvel is going with Scholastic because Scholastic has been doing junior graphic, you know, doing graphic novels for kids based Mm -hmm. on Marvel properties. It sounds like they want to deepen that. Um, but also, uh, you know, we talked about this, but wouldn't that mean you guys that they weren't doing kids periodicals anymore? Yeah,
0: that's what it would suggest to me.
1: Yeah, but and that's so weird
0: because the deal that they have with with Scholastic is pretty far. I mean, it's um, it's picture books, it's um, chapter books, it's you know, prose adaptations, it's graphic novels, it's everything by book format. Book
1: format, but it does not mention periodicals. So, hmm. yeah. Well,
2: I mean, we were just discussing for a completely different reason the fact that children do not have vast access to comic book stores. Well, you know what? Let's save that and, for. And so, so I was just going. That's all I was going to yes. say. Yeah. Children <laughs> don't have a lot of access to yes. comic book stores unless they happen to live near one. So it doesn't surprise me that it's going to book format.
1: Right. And so, well, let me segue on that note though to our next. Uh, topic, which is the dawn of the indirect market, and you know, we're just... This is the part of the Roland Emmerich film where the ground is buckling, and lava is spewing up, and you know, there's a family trapped (laughs) in their garage, and they're trying to get the dog, right? You know, they're saying, come on, Sparky! Come on! Trying to get the dog to jump across the lava. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and furthermore, you know, the the badly animated uh alien villain is <laughs> destroying everything and the ground
1: is falling away. Yes. Yes. So that is where we're at right now just in terms of change in the uh and it this is we said we've been saying it right along this is the biggest change since since the direct market was formed. So um a bunch of folks are speaking out and of course, you know, at the beat I do pride myself on having um a couple of really awesome retailer calmness. So uh, my very good friend Brian Hibbs wrote uh, his latest column and you know brian has been writing tilting at windmills in one form or another for a long time a long time like 20 plus years i mm-hmm. maybe say 25 years and uh so this one he really uh was like the lava had got the dog <laughs> <laughs> um you know he looks at all the things we've been talking about substack and webtoon and prh and all of that and, uh, just doesn't seem too thrilled with, um, with where the direct market is going. Uh, the state, I'll just read. That's the stage we're on now. One where everyone is running away towards what appear to be pipe dreams rather than shoring up the fundamental infrastructure that so many have invested their lives into building. And in the meantime, costs for the DM retailers are doing nothing but increasing. And he does mention he's not that impressed with Penguin Random House thus far. And, uh, and that seems to be echoed. There's a quite a lively, uh, comment section on this. And there's another retailer who chimes in and says he's gone from, uh, PRH back to Diamond. Yeah. Because the PRH does not have their, their, their act together. Um, and I'm actually hearing there's a lot of issues with it. And, and you know, to be fair, they are starting from scratch mm-hmm. on a very, very demanding and complicated business. So as huge as PRH is, it's not like, uh, you know, distributing comic periodicals to the direct market is not like falling off a log. Um, so Brian, (laughs) Brian is pretty, uh, pretty sad. And, you know, there's one sentence in here that, uh, ignited Twitter for a whole afternoon. Uh, he, where he says, I absolutely believe that if Pilkey and Telgemeier et al were serialized in an efficient way, the resulting comic would sell three to five times what the collected books do. Though I can't prove that notion. Um, a lot of people took a disagreement with this and he did explain, that uh, what he meant was some kind of uh, Disney Adventures-like anthology of comics, which, and you know what? Uh, it's okay. So you're talking about where kids find comics. When I was a kid, I'm old, so I found comics everywhere. And if I saw the Comics Digest on the newsstand, I would not yeah. rest until I, my parents or my family had bought it for me. That was my sure. favorite thing. That was got, got me into comics. And, you know, he's not wrong. Kids love a nice little package of comics that they can own and, and call their own. and should be compelling content. And,
2: and if you're Archie, you can pull it off. Um, but the fact is that while I myself uh, was one of the kids reading those Disney adventures you helped edit, um, you know, I'd read them wherever I could get them. I'd read them at the library if I could get them at the library. I'd read them at the bookstore if I could find them at the bookstore. Um I did not have a lot of a- access to comic book stores and I found comics other places and I think
1: well most kids yeah, well, do well Kate, okay, no, this no, is,
0: I do think this is a generational thing yes kids will read any kind of comics that you put in front of them the problem is the parents are buying these comics. Yes, right. And they're looking for the best, uh, uh, the best most efficient way to spend their yeah. dollars. And the fact is, spending them on 24-page uh, single-issue issues is not an efficient way well, to do it. But
2: not only that, the chances that a parent of a comics-loving kid is also a comics-loving adult is sadly still low. <laughs>
0: yes. You
2: know, true. they're not going to the comic store to buy their own stuff, mm-hmm. largely. Yeah. I mean, if you do have a comic-loving parents, all bets are yeah. off. But, you know... Like, where the parents buy it where they see it. And where
0: do they see it? They see it at
2: a bookstore. They see it at a book fair. They see it on Amazon.
0: That's true. But I think we should also say that we are in a, to a generation where there are a lot of comics-loving parents, yeah. probably a lot more than than in my generation. I, I
1: would say that the people that Calvin and I influenced when we started writing about <laughs> yes, comics are definitely parents now. Yes. Yeah. And you, you know, know what? They want books. Huh. Yes.
0: They want they books. They want books.
1: And you know, that was kind of the overwhelming, uh, I mean, I mean, look, I you can Brian, serialize the books. Fine. I, you, know, you know, I'm Brian's editor and I, when I edited this column, I s- wrote to him and I said, Brian, are you sure you want to say this? <laughs> and he did not respond. So he stood by it. And, um, so, you know, I I, well, I, I will say whatever he does mention that he feels that this anthology could be sold at, at books at, at, um, scholastic book fairs i mean he's not completely off the rails he actually has an idea of a business model sure what he's talking about i just but want to say that the you know a, but i would say they sell graphic novels at scholastic book fairs They yes. so yes, don't yes. need an anthology yeah. And
0: yeah i mean also brian look brian wanted it as i like to preface brian knows a lot more about retailing yes. he's forgotten more than yes. i will ever know absolutely Um, he's, he's a, he's a premier retailer, but uh, you know, some of his examples, um, uh, his, I I don't even know his theories. (laughs)
1: uh, uh, Wow.
0: his Theories. They're just theories. (sighs) Kind of (sighs) fantastical, uh, business, uh, projections. They, they just, I mean, he starts with a good insight, but he tends to torture. So I want,
2: I think he's working backwards. I think he's working backwards from. To make it fit. Yeah. F- and also from where he is, right? Like he's, he's working from what he sees behind the counter of a comic book store and trying to figure out what's going on in the wide world mm. without gathering any information from anywhere else.
0: Yeah. Or, in fact, if I may say so, doing what Brandon does, which is like taking a good hard look at where, how this market is evolving. And I think personally, that fans and retailers should be rejo- rejoicing. Change is coming to the direct market. It has to come. Well, you We men- live in a different world yes. now.
1: Well, you mentioned Brandon, and here's what, uh, you know, let's let's give equal time. Uh, so my other retailer <laughs> columnist, because uh, I have two, and they're pretty much always exact opposites. Uh, so Brandon chats of, uh, of uh, Variant Editions in Edmonton, Canada. And uh, so he wrote a column. He's been threatening to do this for a while, but he calls it, you know, welcome to the indirect market. And he, you know, my, my nut graph from this one was, uh, let's see if I can find it. Um, you know, I'm going to have to paraphrase it, but he does, he just says, you know, uh, the things that we're seeing, these changes are not coming. They're here. Yeah. What we're seeing are the effects of the changes. Yeah. And yeah. that is really true in about almost everything in our lives right now. We're just... Everything changed, and we're dealing mm-hmm. with the effects of the changes right now. So, and, you know, he also, like Brian, loves statistics. And he, you know, as a response to Brian... Now, you know, Brian believes the periodical. And also, the reason why we're even discussing him is he's not alone. A lot of people yes. truly are married to the comics periodical, yeah. Um, you know, as a format. uh, You know, Brandon just runs the comicron uh numbers which show year over year fewer <laughs> yes. periodicals and greater profits so it's kind of hard to argue with that
0: yes i mean it's not that dissimilar yeah. from milton greep at at a at icv2 his um you know his analysis of the marketplace and how uh buying patterns are changing uh, how the demographics of the market is changing. I mean, the only problem, I mean, ser- periodical comics grew up in a certain moment in American history. Yeah. Um, that the moment in this time is so much more nuanced and complicated. Once for, in particular, now we are returning to a multi-genre marketplace. And, and even though, Superhero comics still rule the roost, right. you know, overall in power and money. Hmm. Nevertheless, the market for the types of comics you want to read has expanded tremendously in the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's only going to become even more diverse.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: people want to, be, want to buy all kinds of comics, and they want the formats that are most efficient for the money that they pay. And pe- periodicals, I don't think, are going away. But we need to have a real conversation, not a fantasy conversation.
2: (laughs) Right. And I mean, I think, I think he doesn't, I hate to say this about a retailer, but I think he doesn't necessarily understand the transactions that his very same customers make outside of his store. Because very few people who are print purists, who don't even touch digital, avoid graphic novels. Yeah. Right? There are very few people who are floppy only purists. True. In, you know, like it's just not it's just not the way it is. And so you have to understand that your people buying your periodicals are also people who buy graphic novels. And that you're not going to lose those people and you're not going to lose
1: those dollars if you're selling graphic novels. But look, I'm fine with Marvel and D C serializing their content via yeah. the periodical. Yeah, that's fine. I I'm fine with Dark Horse, Image, IDW, Boom, Dynamite, Vault, you name it. I'm fine with them doing it too. And you know, Brian's right. It's a double revenue stream for them. But all of them are also launching kids lines, which are primarily graphic novels. Yep. Um, Yeah. And they are, uh, you know, they're. Guess what? We're 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 selling more material through more formats through more channels than we ever did ever before. before so right. where is the problem, What's the problem? where's the <laughs> well, problem
2: <laughs> yeah and, and it's not even we're not even talking about revenue streams that don't go through his store like seriously comic stores sell graphic novels they, they sell do. them. Yes. They make money and on them. They sell well, a lot cause of it's them. it's not like it's even bad for your old
1: fashioned comic book retailer. I don't get the problem. I mean, if you go to I mean JHU, I mean I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I, I you know what I need to go to J H U. There they're, they're uh, Nick Perpura, the order's there on Mondays, I should go visit him because we always have a candid conversation. Um but if I go to J H U, um, what do you think they sell by the cash register? I don't
0: know.
1: Kids comics uh-huh.
0: well I, that 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 should have been my first guess but yes yeah.
1: yes they have a they have kids' comics and uh you you know listen i i think all of us are you know i mean cal i am an old i'm old i've been doing this for <laughs> I'm 40, older for Calvin is older <laughs> but you know i've been in this industry for forty plus years okay as a per- well not quite forty years you're but in, all, the long, in the business i'm in the business yes day. i've yes. been in the business for nearly forty years, and so You know, when you are old, it's hard for you to not have the perspective of, wow, that was a bracing change from the first thing I knew. So, but I will say, um, you know, we went through, like, the change from, into the graphic novel, you know, and, and like for me, it was a change for people just coming up now. It's how things are. Yes. It's it's how how, things are. The graphic novel's always been here as far as they're concerned. And, you know, again, retailers of Brian's generation, I, mean, I went to this battle in the nineties. I went to this battle thirty years ago. Comic shops. There were no kids' comics. You know, and when Kate is saying she read Disney Adventures, um, you know, were what other kids' comics did you read growing up? The only other kids comics that weren't newspaper
2: comics that I could get my hands on. Oh my god. Were um the very tail end of Harvey when I was very young.
1: Oh, -hmm. And
2: I only got that at like the cut rate supermarket where they had a spinner rack. Of course. And that was the very tail end of that. And it was, you know, it's not like we went there that often. So, what are you going to do? Um, and from there on, I mean, it was pretty much as a teenager, then I got into regular comics. Um, And mostly I got them in
1: trades at bookstores. Now, what do you say as a teenager, were you an early teen or a later teen? How old were you? Oh, middle school. Okay. So you were a young teen. Yeah, I was maybe 13. Yeah, and that's that's the age when it happens. That's the age when you make the change. I
2: I liked comics all along, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't have access to them until wow. I was about that age. Okay. So so I, I liked what little floppies or traits I mean it's like listeners, I am not the target audience for the <clears throat> uh highly uh your mileage may vary comic the darkness, but I was so and and like early Tokyo pop, but I was so like primed in my brain to like want comics Mm. that since those were what my friends in middle school had to loan me that's what i read until i could get my parents to take me to a bookstore to buy comics um and i was like wow buying comics which i actually like are even better um
1: you know so kids find a way
2: but but it Certainly, I couldn't get the floppies.
1: So, so, you know, not, we could do a whole podcast yes. on this topic, but I just, just to say, so, you know, as a, in the 90s, as an editor of, of a children's magazine, Dizzy Adventures, I edited the comics. I will just say, I would go to schools and, you know, we did it constantly and like, oh, do you read comics? Yes. What do you read? I read Calvin and Hobbes or Archie comics. And I was like, there's nothing for these children to read. Mm. And like, Kate's story of wanting more comics, you know, meanwhile, I'd be talking to the publisher of Marvel or DC and say, why don't you do kids' comics? Oh, they don't sell. I mean, literally, they don't sell. We don't want to do that. They don't sell. We don't want to do that. Told. Over, over, over. Anyway, that's why I do, a, I told you so, Victory Lap, every chance I can. You should. Every time
0: you look at a graphic novel bestseller list and see uh, kids' comics at the top of it with more and more, with bigger numbers than ever before. Um, and and just to jump back to Brandon's column, yes, uh, I do think that what's interesting also <laughs> is that he takes up all of these issues that Brian is, but he takes them up in my view, and and, and I, and apologies, Brian, because I have the deepest respect for you, but he gives them an honest run. He's talking about Substack, he's talking about Webtoon, he's talking about you know Marvel and P and and PRH and the DM. And and I just think he's giving them a clear-eyed under uh response and and commentary about how that affects his business yeah. Yeah. and how it will affect his customers. He's not coming up with fantasy, you know, or or scenarios or straw men to knock over. Yeah, you know, he's really looking at how this is affecting the marketplace. So. I just think it's, it's interesting to look at these two commentators, uh, but they're both dealing with the future of right. how we buy our comics. Yes.
1: And so just a plug on Monday, September 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we'll have a Twitter spaces conversation, uh, on a panel to panel, which is a kind of a, you know, it's like clubhouse. It's like a live chat that you do, uh, I do with, um, with Brian Heater, I'll sometimes Publishers Weekly Contributor and uh, Anthony Ha and we will have Brian Hibbs and Brandon Chats as our guests. Cool. So, um, so if a
2: listener wants to find this. So if a Can lis- they find it through comicsbeat.com? Uh, they
1: will find it on comicsbeat.com, but it's also on Twitter. If you follow my Twitter stream at comicsace, I'll have a lot of links to it. And, um. So uh, it's
0: a, a Twitter chat? It's yes, not, it's, yeah, it's, okay. it's
1: not clubhouse. It's yeah, on, okay. cause Twitter has their own clubhouse called Twitter Spaces and we're using that. And, oh. um, so. Oh, so yes. it's an audio. Yes, it's audio. It's oh, audio. Oh, Anyone cool. can listen to it. Uh. Should be good. Go, good. Live. It's live. Oh, cool. And you can come up and talk about it. So anyway, end of plug. More to come. All right. Okay.
0: So new hires?
1: Uh yeah. So um let's see. Let me try to find here. Um, yeah, just more okay, so Hunter Gorenson, uh hold on. I'm trying there's just been so many, I'm trying to find the whole list. Uh Hunter Gorenson, who was that bad idea, has gone to uh boom. Yes. A little bit of a surprise there because, uh, you know, some, uh, bad ideas seem to have quite a bit going on. But, yeah, he's gone to boom as their kind of biz dev guy. Um, Hunter's super smart. Um you know, we love him at the beat, so and, I'm well, sure this, it's a pretty good hire for them.
0: You know, it's interesting obviously because you know the the Keanu Reeves graphic novel is coming out and it's probably gonna be big numbers.
1: Yes, probably.
0: Um and um just thought I'd throw that in there. Yes. So
1: <laughs> let me see what else I have. Well we mentioned IDW. Mm-hmm. So they hired Maggie Howell, a senior editor, uh, and Maggie Megan Brown, uh both of the originals team. So they're super ramping up their originals line. Um, let me see, who else do we have here? I there's a, just a gigantic um sub on the beat under comings and goings. Um let's see, Dark Horse ha- has a managing editor. They promoted Freddie Miller to that position. Uh don't know her, but she sounds awesome. Uh let's see, and then some more people. Oh, Mark so Mark Oh, Ir- actually Mark Irwin. Do you know Mark Irwin? Or- I do not. Oh, okay. Um well Mark used to be the co- at Inside Editions. He did like uh some graphic novels there. But anyway, uh-huh. he's joined Mad Cave uh-huh. as their VP of BizDev. So he's a pretty Oh, maybe I do know him. So Mad Cave is actually a very a small indie publisher. It sounds like they're really trying to ramp up. Um they're making some hires and uh, I think you'll be hearing more from Mad Cave. Um let's see Valiant promoted Greg Katzman to director pub- marketing publicity and yes there is still a Valiant Comics uh, and then Boom Studios, uh, had hired a new CFO, Jennifer Harned. So anyway, I mean, we could do this segment every time. It's just people changing. Yeah, I think Hunter was probably the most, uh, notable. I had a lot of people were Yeah, it's interesting. About that.
0: I mean, I, I did some early coverage of a bad idea, uh, bad idea, mm-hmm. uh, which is about as eccentric a publishing operation as you'd ever want to, um, to, uh, to consider. Um, it's hard to understand whether they've ended it or whether it's, you know, a bad idea part two is on the way. Yeah. Um, well, Yeah. Because they were all doing other things anyway while they were doing that. Didn't they all have positions at other... No. No? They no. were all... Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, well, all right. No. But, you know, maybe at some point we should revisit bad idea. I mean, not... Heidi's giving me a. high Well, no, moment. I. I
1: mean, I mean, maybe we should. I. Was, I don't know who I would talk to. Yeah, there I do Hunter was the person I talked to. A bad idea. Well, all the I talked to so. him too. So yeah, yeah. it was
0: it's just a strange. I mean, they vowed not to do collect, do book collections. They know. Yes, you know, they only had. To, uh, you know, they handpicked the stores where they sold them. I mean, they did a lot of other things too. I mean, uh, uh You know, I, I. I didn't quite get.
1: <laughs> Nobody did
0: you know i i some of the things I thought were really interesting and smart but the, the you know you produce all of this quality information mm. quality content and then it's only in floppies, which is fine i guess but
2: mm. I don't know i mean when you literally name yourself <laughs> bad idea right your subconscious maybe trying to tell you
0: something <laughs> yeah well to so i mean I thought it was just Ironic, And we're going to show you how good an idea this bad idea is.
2: Yeah, but, but the mere <laughs> fact that you need to do that is not a great sign.
0: But, you know, well, well. also the other bad side is when you look at it and you start thinking, you know, this really is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. The, well, we
1: should revisit We're it joking here. We're but curious to see how it's going. We'd
0: love to know more about it. Yeah. And we will find out more Curve about it. Anyway. So, if
1: you're listening somebody from Bad <laughs> okay. Idea, reach out.
0: All right. Hey, okay. New York Comic Con is back. Heidi wrote the story. She wrote the feature. Mm. Um, you know, uh Well, I
1: think we've been talking about this feature for a couple of have. weeks. So, yeah. uh, but I will say New York, you know, um uh, opening the new wing and I've been yeah. over to sneak it try to sneak in and not allowed in, but um it looks really <laughs> big. But they have announced the guests. They've announced the panel schedule. They've announced, you know, an actual con. Uh so um you know, guests include Brian K. Vaughn, um, John Cena, and, you know, Amy Chu. I mean, they have a whole – there's, there's, um, you know, William Shatner. I mean, you know, he's it is almost 90 years old, so I guess he's had his shots. Uh, I mean, you have to have, have been vaccinated yeah. to get inside. Uh, and I will say that – did I tell you guys this, how I went to the Javits? No. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um yes, so I, I did, I'm trying to get into that new wing, so I did go over to the Javits, uh maybe last week, <laughs> and, uh, they did, they let me in, it was uh. the Armory show was on, uh, but they asked to, it, they asked to see my vaccination card and ID, and it was not the show, I mean it was security, you know, yeah. security is checking, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I went to a wrestling event last night and they, they asked to see my ID there.
0: Good. So, um, oh, yeah. that's you know, reassuring. Yes, it is. It, it's, it's, That they're actually asking you yes, to show. It is
1: not just for show. Yes. It's not just theater. They are actually looking. I mean, I don't know what happens if you don't have it, but, um, hmm. uh, yeah. So, you know, the panel schedule is, but it's up, um uh, you know what? It's pretty full. You guys haven't seen it.
0: I have not. Okay. I have not seen it. Uh,
1: well, well I... I mean, here's for instance, um, I'll just read one panel here on Thursday, which we're all going to be at because it's, um, the, um, you know, professional day. Will Eisner, The Next Generation, uh-huh. uh, with Gene Yang, Jerry Kraft, Jan Shadke, and Jenny Fingeroth. I mean, some of these are, oh, this is virtual only programming. So a lot of these programs are virtual only. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm looking mm-hmm. here. A lot of them are virtual only, but they are going to have a lot of panels in person. I know because I'm doing four of them. And, um, you know there, yeah, yeah,
2: but listeners, um, sadly, we are not going to have a booth there because your comic con was up in the air uh for long enough that we just really couldn't plan for it, so, uh, no p w comic con um, in person this year for you to meet us. But on the other hand, um, come to one of our panels and uh, see some of your favorite hosts live.
1: Yeah, Calvin, are you doing any panels?
0: No, I'm not doing any panels.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I will be
0: on the floor uh, depending on how safe I think it all is.
1: So, yeah, I think it's really going to come down to how safe we feel when we get there. I mean, I have already uh, figured out some outside meeting spots. So if you guys, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you the map later on. Yeah. Where we're meeting up. But, um, you know, there's a rooftop there also, which I have a feeling is going to be where uh,
0: everybody is. Why why don't we go on?
2: I feel pretty safe, um, mainly just because I am vaccinated and I don't have any complicating conditions. Um, And I live in New York, so I'm exposed to a bajillion people every day anyway. So I'm just kind of, I'll take reasonable precautions, but I'm kind of accepting. So Mm -hmm. if, if you need someone to send into the front lines, guys.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to be up there, like I said, but I want to see it before I say what I'm going to do. Yeah. I will be up there. And in fact, I'll be up there every day, but you know, um, depending on what it looks like will dictate what I do.
1: You know, a lot, yeah, a lot of this comes down to what each individual's level of safety is. You know, I saw someone on Twitter today posting a photo. Of people standing in line for a ride at Disneyland and being like, "How can they be so stupid?" I'm like, you know, standing in line outside is probably as safe as uh, yeah. sitting. I, 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 yeah. yeah, we're as the, doing this podcast right now. Yeah, you know, it's like that is I, I not. Agree. I, I agree. That is, and I mean, but it upsets some people. Some I mean, people look, I don't. Times, I know I a a, I'm not going to
0: judge them. I don't have a problem being in the massive atrium <laughs> at the Javits mm-hmm. Center with you know, depending on the number of people. I don't even. I'm going to walk the floor now. I'm curious because. It, it's going to look very different. It's not going to be the publishers, exhibitors, uh, most of whom are not going to be there, except for some the manga, some of the big manga. Well, let houses. me
1: look at the exhibitor list.
0: Um, okay, Artist Alley. that's apparently going to be the place to be.
1: Yes, and oh, you publishers know what? are
0: supporting ooh, their ooh, artists ooh. rather than ooh, having can, big booths on the floor. I can look at.
1: You could sort the list of exhibitors by topic, and here is the list of comics publishers that will be at New York Comic Con. Are okay. you ready? Digital Pimp and Super Sock Shop. Eastside Comics. Evolution Comics. Fierce Literature. Hero Tomorrow Comics. Jamie Tyndall. Junction City Comics. Korean Creative Content Agency. Mad Cave. Alright, they okay. are sticking it out. M. Bardist. Webtoon. Uh, Monty M. Moore. Reckless Sidekick Productions. Rocket Chip. Scott Crane Cyrus Studios. Smart Pop. Storm King Productions, Suburban Fairytales, Webtoon, Working Class Press, and Xenoscope. Yeah. So, a couple of people are going to be there. I'd say Rocket Ship and Webtoon and Storm King. I mean, God bless, you know, what? and Mad Cave.
0: Yeah. But, uh as as your piece said, Viz will be there?
1: Well, they're having a panel.
0: They're go- Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. Oh. They're I, having okay. a big panel. But well, they are listed as an exhibit. Anime,
1: manga publishers. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, guys. Um, Okay, manga publishers. There's only three. Geek Outpost, mm. Korean Creative Content Agency, and Viz Media. Alright. Yeah, I thought
0: Bandai was gonna be there.
1: Um, ah, uh, so did I!
0: <laughs> what so, about right
1: stuff? You know what? Calvin, Bandai doesn't publish manga anymore.
0: Oh, really? To, yeah. to, uh, that's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> so what are they, there, just on, and it's a gamer?
1: Well, let me see if they're listed. You know what? They're not listed anymore. They dropped out.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I thought, well, I knew they, you know, the, the gaming part. Well, you
1: know, Funko dropped out. I mean, a lot of companies have dropped out uh. and it's understandable why. Um, but I, you know, there was Rose City Comic Con last week and, uh, my managing editor at the beat, Joe Grunenwald attended. He wrote a really nice piece on the beat actually about, it's called, you know, attending a Comic Con in the pandemic. And, you know, uh, he walked around with his mask on and talked to people. And so far he doesn't have COVID. So. You know, uh, yeah. um, knock on, knock you know, on wood. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will say I have not even with, um, I mean, it's hard to tell with things like fan expo or excuse me. Um, oh God, megacon in Orlando, which is held in Florida at the mm-hmm. height of their COVID outbreak. Um, it's hard to tell if conventions are super spreader events. Um, but they don't seem to be thus far. I have not heard of, cho- you know, I mm-hmm. haven't seen after a con, everybody on my Twitter feed is like, oh, I've got COVID. So, right. mm-hmm. um, does it mean that we should feel safe? Does it mean that we should stop taking precautions? Does it mean we should take anything for granted? But it does seem there are ways to do it in relative safety. Yeah. Yeah. This
2: is very much a, a choose your own adventure situation. Absolutely. Um, I would definitely advise people who want to go to be genuinely vaccinated, no fakies, and also wear a mask.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And all of this is going to be required.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. We're not. Yeah. But I mean, there may be some people who are the Comic Con equivalent of the woman who got caught in Hawaii with a vaccine <laughs> card that said, Madderma. Uh, so don't be
1: her, get vaccinated yeah. for real. And they asked, look, they, they asked for your proof of, uh, you know, and there's apps you can get that you can, you know, just put, use those now to get into places. Um, but they asked, as, as I said, I went to the Javits So they asked to see my, my vaccine card, which I carry on my phone. I carry a photo and then they asked to see my ID. So they compared yeah. the name on my card to my ID. So, yeah. you know, there's, um, yeah. Uh, you know, you need to have just get vaccinated. Come on, but people! Once just get you get vaccinated. in there,
0: what's you're going to have a uh, new five thousand seat theater that you say rivals rivals Hall H. Rivals. Um, there's a new atrium at the um, what that at that new northern end. Mm-hmm. Uh, spectacular. There's a rooftop pavilion. Uh, there's a rooftop farm apparently yeah. that will supply, you know, produce to you know the the food services in there. So, uh, you, you know, we got basically a, a, a brand new building. Um, and look, there's going to be a lot of people, uh, who, who I, and I am too. I'm looking forward to see, uh, the Javits Center and New York Comic Con back. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I just intend to, I intend to be careful.
1: Yes. And I, 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 I think we've been talking about it on this podcast for months. Yeah. You know we so. have, and you know what? The closer it gets, the more excited I guess. There you go. There
2: you go. Uh, uh, do you, yeah. Are you guys excited about it? I I am starting to get excited about it. Yeah. I am I'm starting to honestly believe it's going to happen, and um, I I personally have been encouraged by all the non doom reading I've been doing of uh, you know, just what my chances are with the Delta variant and catching yes. it and what happens if I do, which are uh. Pretty good for my demographics and vaccination status. Yeah. So uh, you know, I've I've kind
0: of gone all right. We're doing and, this. You know, I'm a senior citizen, so I, if I if I could get a booster shot between now and New York Comic Con, trust me, I will.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned I went to a wrestling event last night, so if, hopefully I don't get COVID between now and New York Comic Con. So
0: there you go. Anyway. So hey. Uh more to come.
1: More to come. Hey, you know, just a note. Uh I will say I are any of you guys getting the emails from San Diego Special Edition? Yes. No. Yes. Because they haven't announced they said badges are on sale, you can apply for a press yeah. press. They haven't announced any content yet.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. no September, I
1: guess September, October, November. It's two months away.
0: Uh yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. make
1: of that, Calvin?
0: They really want to have an in-person event. That's what I make of. They really want to do this. I mean, I I kind of haven't paid a lot of attention to it because I get the emails, but I'm like, eh, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going. But they, uh, I think they've already confirmed my press pass, and I never even applied for one. <laughs> yeah. So
2: I, I kind of think this may be the Comic Con equivalent of of uh, trying to make Fetch happen. I sincerely hope it's not the Comic-Con equivalent of Firefest. I hope no, it's No, I, I, I don't believe that. I don't think it will be. I just be, believe but... that they
0: just really want to have okay, a footprint. Okay, <laughs> maybe uh, Yes, yeah. I think they want to have some kind of footprint. Yeah. The, uh, in-person footprint. And they're just going to do whatever they can to do it. And it's, it, it's probably going to be a very local San Diego show.
1: Yeah, probably very
0: local. The last time I went to a show called Special Edition, it was at the... Pier. oh my god remember that and, uh oh. it you know it wasn't, well, it, very wasn't special. A, it wasn't very good because of the venue frankly in my opinion because that's a horrible venue now the san diego convention center is not a horrible venue so yeah but
2: also the guests and the programming was kind of eh.
0: well i agree yeah i agree
1: well but, you know i've pointed this out several times on here but uh just to, since you guys brought it up um, you know, Special Edition was launched by Pop partly yeah. as a repost to Wizard, which was trying to, uh, you know, run a show the same weekend and seemed to be a competitor. Um, but, you know, it's very hard for them to launch a new show. Um, they tried to do Keystone Comic-Con. That's, has definitely not returned to the pandemic era. Um, and it took C2E2 the better part of a decade to become a good show. Mm. So it's, you know, they, they, they... Um takes them a little bit to get a show started. And you know what? San Diego, same thing. They have not launched a new show in ever. So yeah. <laughs> I well, mean since WonderCon, there, which was um, you know, they had Ape and they they yeah. don't do ape anymore.
0: Well, the fact of the matter is these old shows are being made new again because they have a mm-hmm. whole different world to deal yes. with.
1: Yes, the change that has happened, so. and we're just seeing the effects. So well, let's anyway. move on. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, webtoon in the news yet again. Archie. Yes. <laughs> anybody read? Did you read the? The it's, uh... it's
2: called Big Ethel
0: yes. Energy. Yes. Ooh. So, yeah.
2: um, the Archie character Ethel Muggs. Yes. Once upon a time, referred to casually as Big Ethel. But
0: yes.
1: this is—we been... don't do that anymore. Yes. This because is it's cruel. She, yes,
0: she stalked Jughead, as I recall. Yeah. back in the day, it's like also not years done ago. anymore. You yes. can't do that.
2: <laughs> Stalking, not good. Yeah, calling people Big Ethel, also not good. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought any of that was controversial, but you never know. There's always a diehard. Um, but sort of playing off of of the name, um, you know big <laughs> Ethel, is big Ethel energy. Um, so the idea of being more like, Ethel has a lot of energy, and Ethel is, is back in Riverdale, and, uh, you know, she didn't peak in high school, is, is the premise. that That really, you know, all she needed to do was not. But she, left,
0: she left Riverdale, you know, right. after an unfortunate incident. And Whoa. she moved to the big city. She moved yes. You know, where yes, she became a, you know, a kind of a journalist and uh yes. you know a kind of a, a a celebrity profiler for a New York City magazine. And and um but you know what? Uh who says you can't go home again?
2: Yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, I I think that they are having some real fun with this. Yeah. It definitely, I have to say, okay, listeners, you know I read fanfic. Uh, when I was, and you know that there are a lot of webtoons that started life as fanfic. Let's be honest. Yes. Um, so when I first clicked on it, and I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. I was like, oh, they think, how are they getting away with this Archie ripoff? And then I was like, oh, it's not a ripoff. No. It's the real deal. <laughs> okay. I thought they were thought they were being sneaky by making Ethel the main character. Uh but no 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 no. <laughs> no, it's for They're, reals. It's for reals. Um yeah.
0: Well it's it's
2: very And charming. I don't mean that as a criticism. Yeah. I mean that just as a that, that makes it feel actually more, yeah. um, organic.
1: Well, you know, of course this is a follow-up to Batman, yeah. uh, you know, DC. And, you know, I'm trying to look at the Batman Wayne Family Adventures right now, but it will never come up here on this. It must somehow be banned on the Wi-Fi network here. I don't think so. Can you that? get it to come up? All right. Uh, let's see what happens, Calvin. But anyway, I was, was going to look at their statistics. But, uh, you know what? Good on Archie. I yeah. think Webtoon yeah. is a great, a great platform. Now
2: I, I will say that I think Batman Family Adventures is, Wayne Family Adventures is um a better quality I work do too um but that's because it's a truly awesome work and this is a perfectly fine work um you know it, it definitely looks like someone is trying a little hard to make it look it like a romance right. comic
0: yeah
2: uh,
1: i i'm right you can't get it on this network it
0: doesn't seem to be coming up but i have it on webtoon so right. i can get it that way i think
1: yeah, let's see if I can get it on my phone. I just turned, yep, I can get it on my phone, but not on this Wi-Fi network. So the reason why I wanted to look at it on my phone is that, or to, to look at it, is to check on how many. So it has 566,000 followers. Uh And the latest episode, like the first episode has 96,000 likes. The latest one has 45,000 likes, which by the way, I'm told are not actually great numbers for Webtoon. Those are yeah. good numbers, but they're not for Webtoon. spectacular. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, I would say that half a million followers is healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say so too. That's <laughs> a healthy
1: number. And it's not a bad start. No, it's not a bad start at all. So, um, yeah. Serialization works, oh,
0: uh, but it's a it's a it's a charming story um uh you know, the, the, uh, Ethel is in the big city, and the mayor of Riverdale calls her to come back and write a book about it, and they're gonna pay all of her expenses.
1: So, was uh, the Archie Webtoon written by Webtoon creators or by Archie creators?
0: Uh, it, you know what? I, to me, it looked like Webtoon creators. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the names now. Uh, Sibon, someone else? I, I, I Probably,
1: probably Webtoon It door. looked
0: to me like Webtoon, uh, creators. Um, uh, yeah. I, I do I do agree with um with Kate Doda. I, I think the Batman is put together a little bit better. But this is it's this it's is fine. a charming.
1: Kate look, it's a good it's a good platform. Yeah. Yeah. All right what al- what else have we got here, Navin?
0: Yeah. And well, um we were all reading very closely <laughs> the, the new fifty two <laughs> revisited. Uh what was that? In Polygon?
1: Yeah, it was at Polygon.
0: Um and uh it certainly brings back memories of our own uh fixation on the new 52. I mean, we reviewed every number one issue if I'm That's not right. mistaken. Everyone was so freaking excited about it, it was the a new it was a it was a major development and I thought it Was a lot. Uh I, I thought it was really uh interesting that Dan's uh, Dan Deal was back mm-hmm. really kind of breaking down what happened uh Scott Snyder was talking about and I thought the combination of uh uh of their ambition to really like relaunch Basically, the entire DC Universe, uh, uh, its initial success and then uh, its essential implosion, in some ways brought about by the energy, enthusiasm, and risk-taking um, of, of, of its initial launch.
1: Well, you know, a couple of things here. Uh, you know, it is great. I always say that it takes, you know, it takes about 20 years for real people to really open up about things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's written by Graham McMillan. Yeah, well, they did it in 10
2: instead of 20. Right,
1: they did. And he notes in his introduction, uh... Behind the scenes, many creators are dealing with confusing and contradictory instructions given to them by editors and executives or worrying about their job stability. Of the many prominent participants Polygon contacted for this piece, many declined to speak on the subject, preferring to put a stressful period behind them. Now, I would note that James Tinian is writing his own New 52-era history on his Substack, Uh and I paid my $7 just to subscribe just for that. Um, so certainly a lot of curiosity. It's great to see Dan DeDio come out and plant his flag again. Um, but yeah, a lot of people did not want to talk. I mean, Gail Simone, uh, well, she never got asked. She says, but um, you know, uh but, there was some Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But but you know, this is the start. This is a good start to telling the true story. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. okay, and it's
0: a fascinating story.
2: Well. Uh- there's one thing that I uh-huh. I suspected. I suspected and got confirmed. Um <clears throat> which is that yes, yes, it was 52 because they were fixated on the number 52 because <clears throat> here's this quote from from Dan Didio. I knew uh, you were going to say Dan Didio. Yeah, well, he wasn't his idea. He's saying that that it was Jim Lee's idea. Oh. But but Dan is the one telling the story. He says, um Ultimately, we needed a little more product, so we pushed it up to 48. I had it at 48, and Jim had it at 52. When I asked him, why 52? He said, we had a lot of success with that weekly series 52. It seems like a lucky number. So they created four more books. And I'm sorry, this was an overstuffed line. Even yes. at the time, I was like, oh, you just did that because you like the number 52. And I was right. Yeah, I was right. Absolutely. It's just because they liked the number 52. <laughs> ah. They, and I have to say, there were a few books in there where I was like, uh, no offense, but why? Like, what did you think was the audience for this book? I don't well, know, but, but you know what? You
1: we, know. It was exciting at the time. Was because it was no,
2: no, I and don't have a problem with the relaunch. I'm just yeah. saying, like, yeah. I felt like it was an overstuffed yeah. line. Was- and, you know, they were inflating it just to have 52 of them.
0: Yeah, you know, but, but also, I you know, right. the deal talks about how, you know, He's felt for a long time that the line needed that, that it needed to be rebooted, that it needed a fresh start. And I think what's amazing is that they 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 got it. I mean, you can debate about whether or not it was successful or whatever. And since the, the interim period has been spent kind of undoing almost well, everything that they did. Well, no.
1: Kate, 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 well, Kate and I sat with Jeff Jones. He the to I, us absolutely. How he I mean, was... that's what rebirth. The, the other no. rebirth was all about, no, re- right? Rebirth was about cherry
2: picking what they wanted to keep and get rid of yeah so basically it was let's bring back everything that we miss and keep everything that's working um and toss everything that everybody hates and so basically it was a like a grab bag yeah. Canon
1: grab bag well it would but, be great to have but Jeff you know Jobs what Jim Lee chime in on fascinating yeah, the next oral history someday we'll have sure that. what Tynions i thought fascinating
0: might. was the deal saying how They, they, the, the problem of canceling series that didn't meet these, these numbers. But the numbers were arbitrary. And so they were canceling so many, uh, after an initial success where they were selling a lot of comics. You know, as always happens in comics, the numbers dropped off. But they set these arbitrary, uh, numbers. If below this number, I mean, this wasn't any kind of study. They set these numbers. Then of course, the replacements weren't even doing as well as the ones that they canceled. Yeah. So they, it kind of became this thing where it was eating its own tail. Mm. Yeah. Um. It, 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 it. I think the the rush of being able to do this and the initial success actually kind of doomed them, uh, or prevented them from looking clearly at what they were accomplishing. Some of those series may have been canceled a little too soon.
2: I yeah. think so. Yeah, I still say that their version of Blackhawks was criminally underrated. Mm. Yeah,
0: there, there you go. Yeah,
2: um, And that one was actually a new and fun take. Um, uh, sort of, to be frank, it was kind of like, but what if we did
1: G.I. Joe mm-hmm. in the air?
2: <laughs> um, but I'm on board with that, so I
1: don't see the problem. Mm. Um well, the the new fifty two was the last great blast of the pamphlet for sure. yeah, uh, um, many ways, yeah, yeah. yeah. I should say,
0: people, if you're interested, we've reviewed every yeah. number one issue. I even went back and reread yeah. a couple of them. We've got
1: it all. So that-
0: just go to publishersweekly dot com and put the new fifty two in, and you'll you'll get reviews from all reviews of, of all three of us of every. Number one issue. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: And you can still get that, that massive volume of all the number mm-hmm. ones. But to be frank. Yes. I though, have that. I, I have, I have, it have too. that. It's uh, like a collector's to, item. To be frank, I don't think it hangs together very well no. because it's just a bunch of number ones, but, mm-hmm. uh, whatever.
0: Yeah, so but so it's a good kind of history. historical marker. But yeah, I liked a bunch of things. I think I liked what Batgirl. Um, yeah. There, um, there a, were a bunch of good yeah, titles yeah. in it. There were, I liked
1: Aquaman. Aquaman was really yeah. good. It actually led pretty directly to that was Jeff Johns, Yeah. The movie was based on a lot. Um, yeah. That's anyway, always a good stuff. Kate, do you have some briefs for us yes. yes, yes, we do have
2: briefs, listeners. And some of them are fun. Um uh, so in good manga news, one piece, the hit manga, has now sold over one million copies per volume. Wow of every single one of their fifty one volumes. <laughs> so like... that's astonishing.
0: It's yeah, really... but how about if they were in periodicals? Yeah, if they did how many in would periodicals, they sell the periodicals, how many would they sell? <laughs> okay, it's not sorry, funny Sorry, go anymore. on. <laughs> <we> not <don't have laughs> Calvin. Moving on. Okay, sorry, Brian. Just a joke.
2: <laughs> Ooh, um, and so, you know, congrats to them. Yes, yeah. Um, But on a darker note for um manga is, once again, information comes out that shows just how tight the time constraints are and just how hard driving the schedule can be for creators because the um beloved series My Hero Academia the the mega hit um was delayed the latest issue was delayed by wait for it wait for it 4 days now you might say 4 days that's a surprisingly specific amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Normally things are, are delayed for a week or, or less or more. And the answer is that, um, the creator of the manga, Kore Harakoshi, um, was out sick and apparently the, um, chapter 326 was delayed by four days because their turnaround time is so tight that they have no buffer made for human weaknesses such as getting sick for a few days. Mm. When you hear short hiatus due to health, you think, I don't know, a couple months because someone came down with COVID. You don't think like four days because they got the flu. So this really, really shows just how... How, um, rough and tough the manga industry can be on even the top creators.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: And, um, and back to lighter news. Um, so, uh, you, you may have wondered where do anime creators go to hang out? And also, how <laughs> much can Netflix become like Google? <laughs> and the answer to both of these things can be found in the architecture of Netflix's new anime creators lounge in Tokyo to lure manga and anime creators to hang out and help them create the next brilliant thing. They have created a very special anime creators base um, with a designer's garage with... Ten designers and artists to help staff uh who come in. Uh, a writer's garage where mm-hmm. uh teams can hang out and write and develop and edit scripts. And a multifunctional lab space testing out new creative technologies, including VR and motion capture.
0: Um, that they can never leave.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... On a bright summer highway.
0: This sounds like another manga. You know, a new manga. is was like we invite them all in, and they just make a manga 24 7. (laughs) Yes.
2: Um, And I mean, on one hand, like, I'm I'm sure, I mean, it looks beautiful. It's state of the art. I'm sure it's fun to hang out with uh, your colleagues in an invitation-only place that makes you feel like a beloved creator and not a uh, overworked wage slave. But on the other hand, (laughs) it definitely has that vibe of But why do you want to leave Google to get your takeout or your dry cleaning? You can get it all here. (laughs) Stay forever.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Is there anything in here about increasing salaries? (laughs) Nothing like that. Benefits? Uh No. No.
2: No. Oh, no. No. That's hilarious. Benefits?
0: Salaries? Yes. A new anime room. You never have to leave. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
2: So um,
1: I'm sure there will be much more to come on (laughs) that kind of nonsense.
0: All right. Be careful what you wish for.
1: So I guess that wraps up this week's news. And uh, thank you for listening. And also you may notice that we sound a little better because we've radically upgraded our audio uh, technology (laughs) via – one cable. We bought of a, a new cable. Uh, $8 a new cable. <laughs> yep. It's Eight dollars. And there you go. Uh, but let us know no, if you we right. do, if we sound better, let us know. Uh, leave us a, uh, right. a message.
0: Cost is no obstacle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we
1: love again. We love to hear from you. So, but yeah, I we guess. bought the finest cheap cat cable Amazon can provide. Along <laughs> yes, <there you> <laughs> well, that note, there, there will be more to come.